Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We are back after game three of the NBA Finals. The Warriors lose to the Boston Celtics 116 to 100. And I don't know. I I felt this was one of those losses where I feel like they probably should have been blown out and they fought. They had everything going against them from the home court advantage to the... uh, they were getting called for fouls early and often, and they weren't even the most physical team, which is the the craziest thing about this game. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But at the end of the day, the fact that they were fighting there and the fact that they actually... Did they take a lead late in the third? Did they actually get a lead? They did. They got a lead. They got a lead, and they were in it. And uh, I, yeah, it, it's not one of those like bad losses to me. Like There are things that we'll talk about that they could have done a lot better but at the end of this game i'm way less disappointed than i was after the end of game one what did you think i think i texted in our chat that i thought if there was like like every finals game is obviously must win but if you had to lose one i think it would have been game three because there was all that controversy surrounding game two with draymond so i thought that the refs would give the celtics an easier whistle especially with home court and then coming off of that, uh, the the Draymond stuff, I thought that, you know, Jalen Brown and his post-game presser blaming everything on Draymond after game two, blaming everything on the refs. I thought that that would bode well for him going into game three. And he had a great first quarter, but uh, I thought that, I mean, we could look at the stat right now. Fouls, Warriors 23, fouls, Celtics 17. There's a clear difference. Steph Curry, what, only two free throws? It was It was something like that. And, you know, that's... Now this there, isn't there this it. isn't this isn't to say that I thought the refs were were that big of a factor. Now I know there are some Warriors fans who who are definitely going to say that, but they say that for a lot of games, right? It's not only this game. I think the one thing that is a little bit different: the Celtics are obviously much longer, and when they get wide and when they get tall, it it it, it is really hard for the Warriors to penetrate that. In order for the Warriors to do the same thing, they have to sort of step in position. They have to get in close. They have to reach. And because because of the size, they they don't have that same length. The way that the Celtics win on defense is through length. The way that the Warriors win on defense 
is through physicality. And so if the physicality piece is not being allowed and the refs are calling it a little bit more closely than they called the game in San Francisco, then you have to sort of go, okay, what's plan B? How do, how do we do this? Because that, that's literally my first point, which is the most physical team has won every game. The Celtics were allowed to be more physical because there's more verticality in their game. It doesn't look like they're fouling when maybe they are fouling because they're the bigger and the taller player almost every single time when somebody on the Warriors goes to the rim. And for Draymond to get in position, and this is not this is not me dogging out Draymond. There is something to dog uh, Draymond about later, but Draymond, because of his height, now Draymond's got long arms for his size, but because of his height, the way that he wins on defense is moving his feet, getting in the right position, and when the you know and timing when the player is going to jump and and meeting him. But sometimes the only way for him to win on defense is to body up somebody, and they they were going to call that foul tonight, and maybe they weren't going to call it as closely on uh, on Sunday. So that is that that is something that that I'm a little worried about for the rest of the series because I think Boston figured something out tonight. And I don't know that the Warriors have a counter outside of the refs letting them play a little bit more physically. Yeah. And I'll backtrack a little bit because I didn't think it, the refs had like that, like a bad night. I don't want to blame it on the refs. Um, I think Scott Foster's a good ref, but you know, I think you're right. I think my main worry is Steph's injury status though. That's what I'm most worried about. Cause yeah. didn't, he didn't look happy. He was like banging the floor and yelling. Well, I mean, that's something that I'm going to keep an eye on when it comes to uh, Slate. I think Slate will have it for us. He will. Uh, he he will have the notes for us as far as, uh, um, you know, if Steph is really hurt or not. Um, so, uh, I guess the only other thing I will say about this is, um, you can sense that guys on the Warriors, some of their smaller players, they feel Horford and they feel Robert Williams and it is changing the way that they are attacking. Should I? Should we call out Jordan Poole, right? I mean, we can call him out, but I, I thought he played another terrible game. Now, his, his box is not that bad. He was four of eight shooting. He had 10 points. He hit one of four from three. But there were so many moments where he was, I thought he beat the guy on first step, but he didn't trust that first step. And then he'd cross himself back over right into the defense. And I'm not exactly sure what that is. It could be him seeing something else on the court that I'm not seeing from my seat watching the game. So it, so it could be something like that, but you know, I want him to be decisive. I want him to go because if he goes and he gets up in the air, if the big gets up in the air, then there's going to be a trailer. There's going to be someone he can drop it off to. Like he did, uh, in uh, I think it was him. I think he dropped it off to somebody very nicely for for an assist at some point in the game. But he needs to do more. He he he's too, he's breakdancing too much, and all all his breakdancing does is allows the Celtics defense to get reset. That's all it does. He breakdances and then they set their defense, and it's so frustrating to watch because I bet you, if Jordan Poole rewatches this finals in three or four years, and he's a little bit older, better, smarter, like more confident player, he's going to look back and go, oh my gosh, there's so many things I left out there that that, that we could have helped on. So uh, 
Did you want to comment on Jordan? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think when we were watching him go up against his buddy, Jaron Jackson Jr., and how many times he'd drive and get a shot blocked, they'd just be so frustrated. And it's kind of a similar situation with Robert Williams, where Robert Williams provides a similar rim protection that Jaron Jackson does. And there was a play tonight. So I'll give him, I'll give Jordan Poole one one up on on the night. But I think I think he started trying to do break dancing on Robert Williams because Robert Williams isn't the best perimeter defender, yeah, uh, like Jaron. But you know he could he could yeah you know jump and and make it up for it when they're driving to the driving to the hoop. And I was like expecting for Jordan Poole to go up, think he has enough space, and Rob Williams just getting like a tip block trailing behind, and then Jordan Poole does this fake where he's like dribbling back to the three-point line or he th- Rob Williams thinks he does and then he just spins back and gets a layup but I was yeah, so ready to like yell nice. at him it was I nice. was so ready to get so mad at him like why are you testing Rob Williams like <laughs> it's the same thing you're testing Jaron Jackson it just doesn't doesn't work out well for you but that was the one time where I was like okay you got him if we uh slow that down I kind of wonder if he stepped out of bounds <laughs> He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. I, I, yeah, they they did slow it down uh, on the broadcast, and I didn't see it. So, uh, okay. So, uh, point number two. Actually, I have four points instead of three. I think I, I needed to add one more. But point number two. This is the turning point of the game. The Warriors go up, and the Celtics come back, and I think take the lead before Steph comes out of the game. But I think Steph leaves at about three minutes or two minutes and thirty seconds left in the third. This was one of those moments. And I'm hoping Marcus Thompson calls this out on plus minus. Kerr tried to steal rest for Curry. He tried to steal it at the end of the third, hoping that they could continue to play well and maybe play even and then go into the break before the fourth and get Curry, you know, an, uh, that, that, that break from the third to the fourth, added a couple minutes there. And so that he could just play the full fourth quarter. I would have loved to see him play Curry through the fourth. Wait to see where they're at. If they're if they are winning, if they if they're up, then maybe you could take them out for two minutes. If they're losing, maybe you can't. But I, I would have loved to see that opportunity because he took Curry out and immediately they went back down by I don't what it what did uh what did Boston close it out at the end of the third quarter? It was um uh, let's see. End of the third. Gosh, I, sh- I should. Know I actually this don't even know how better. to find this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just have to do like quick math. Oh well. If I if we can't <laughs> if we can't find it, oh well. With sixty eight um, plus twenty five. Ninety one. No, ninety three. Ninety three. Oh, okay. So 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 the Warriors. So so the Warriors at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, it was eighty eight three. Uh, Say it, say it again. Was it 88-93 at the end of the third? Did, were the Celtics really have five-point lead? Yes. So the Warriors had 56 at half. They had 89 at the end of the third. Uh-huh. Celtics had 66 or uh, 68 at the half. And then they had 91 at the end of the third. So, no, they were only up uh, a couple. Two. But, uh, but the Warriors only scored 11 points in the fourth quarter. They out, they got outscored in the fourth quarter, twenty three to eleven. If 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 at the end of that third, you stay hot. I know Steph pulled the trigger on a on a deep three to try and you know just take over the entire game, and he missed. But 
there there was an opportunity for them to take full control. And I don't know, maybe maybe Steph is going to say that, you know, he asked out or he was gassed or whatever. I would have just loved for him to play through that fourth or through that third like he always does. That's the way he does it. He plays through that third, the whole third quarter. And man, you know, that that maybe that that third quarter at the end is tied instead of they're losing or they're up. And then it could be a different game. But uh, it, it bothered me. Now, you know, I'm not one to go, oh, Steve Kerr sucks about this. Like who? I don't Steve Kerr knows way more about basketball than I will ever know. Like he, you know, so it, it's it, but it's something that I wonder if they will second guess at all. Yeah, um, I think the game was lost when Steph came back in the fourth quarter and kind of just did a couple effort passes like he's done throughout the season. Quick turnovers. Maybe they'll bounce he past was, to Draymond. Draymond maybe should have caught BS. that one. <laughs> and, then, and then I think Wiggins, they had a fast break where if he just passes it up to Steph, that looks like a wide open three or a drive to the lane and he like, I don't know, throws it out of bounds. But yeah. I think that's where the game was lost. As much as I want to say, if Steph Curry doesn't get a little hurt or a little banged up, the Warriors win that one. But I think that's where... It was lost. And you can maybe even just point it back to what you were talking about. If they don't pull stuff, who knows? So uh, Matthew follows me for some of the wrestling stuff that I do, but he's he's he was watching and he said, Warriors are playing like they didn't get enough sleep. Reminded me of Sonic's Bulls game three when Sonic's flight got messed up by a snowstorm and they didn't get to sleep until 5 a.m. In the first quarter, <laughs> there's something to that because they came out so... Not even flat. They just they just allowed the Celtics to just kind of race out and and create the energy and have more of the energy. But nice callback to the '96 Finals. Brian was like minus three years old. <laughs> Wouldn't even have seen that fight. Jalen Brown also was like vintage LeBron James in that first <laughs> quarter. Um. So okay. Uh. <sighs> I, again, I don't want to bag on on Kirk because I, I think he's very smart in thinking about this. But same thing happened at the beginning of the fourth. Clay comes out, and now it's Steph by himself because nobody else shot well, uh, or nobody nobody else really helped um, helped Clay or and Steph in the backcourt. You know, when it comes to the to the shooting, Clay was five of thirteen from three. Steph was six of eleven from three. Uh, Jordan Poole, one of four. Gary Payton only played eleven minutes. He only took two shots, and I think both of them were missed dunks. Is that is that possible? Uh, this goes back to you know what we've said pretty much from the beginning of this uh, of this series, or, or maybe the last series. It's got to be yes. Moody, right? Like he, like he can or... actually do something there, and uh, and give them a few, give them an option. Because if Jordan Poole cannot break free, um, who are they going to leave? They'll probably leave Moody, and maybe Moody gets a wide open three and, and bashes it, and and that that could be a little bit of the difference. I, I if if you now, I wouldn't say if Poole and 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 GP are playing well that you necessarily need Moody. But when both of them are not giving you much, how about we try Moody in a lineup where, you know, Otto Porter's in the game, so you got you to gotta guard him. Clay's in the game, you got to guard him. Wiggins is in the game. Eh, sometimes they guard Wiggins, sometimes they don't. And then maybe Moody, you know, maybe they kind of leave Moody and he gets an open shot. I know what you're going to say. Your boy. <laughs> J.K. Jonathan Kaminga uh, did not get a, did not get a look again. Do you think he actually 
could have played in this game. I think that, you know, what we were saying that the Mavericks don't have, which is rim protection, I think the Celtics have that. Yeah. And I think the Celtics were attacking the Warriors in the paint as if the Warriors didn't have that, like the Warriors would attack the Mavericks. And I'm not saying Jonathan Kaminga is some rim protector, but I do think that, you know, Wiggins was getting to the foul line early today. I think he got like four quick free throws. And my buddy Max, who's a Celtics fan, was like, wow, Wiggins, you know, it seems like he gets to the line a lot. And I was like, no, nah, not really. Like, look, not at, really. look at games one and two. And I bet you that, you know, the combined free throws for both of those games is pretty low. He looked games one and two combined four free throws <laughs> yeah. games, th- game three. I don't know what he finished with in free throws, but he was at four at one point. I think yeah. Jonathan Kaminga could at least be physical to get there. The thing is, is you he has to do it. You can't, you have to say like, dude, don't shoot a damn three. Yeah. But like, yeah. I think he they're going to leave him open. They're going to want yeah, him to shoot that. Yeah. But I think that he can like create enough contact because he's pretty like, you know, he, he, he is what the Celtics have essentially, which is the long arms, the athleticism, yeah. the, he, he, he would, fits in with that team basically. And I think he could create enough contact to get to the line a lot. And I think he brings, he does bring stuff defensively. Um, maybe the IQ is not all there and that's what they would be frustrated about. And I do like the Moody. I'm, I'm a Moody guy too, as much as I am a Kaminga guy. I think Moody definitely, definitely helps in this scenario. All right. So let's go to my third point. The length and rebounding was too much. Draymond got his butt kicked on rebounds and loose balls. He actually gets the six foul. Chasing down a loose ball, Horford and Steph are, are fighting for it. Marcus Smart gets in there, and Draymond gets there just a second too late, and he gets his sixth foul. But it's even before that. Draymond, do you, do you, do you want to know how many rebounds Draymond finished with? I don't want to know. <laughs> four rebounds. He had four rebounds, uh, three of them defensive. Robert Williams had three offensive rebounds and it it seemed like uh it's it also seemed like uh, on the on the uh, the defensive end whenever Draymond and Robert Williams were kind of matched together going for a loose ball Robert Williams got it every time now probably. and Draymond there was a couple of times where Draymond literally had the rebounding position on Rob Williams yeah. and Rob Williams is just able to grab it at, on top of him like Robert Williams is basically just bigger longer athletic Draymond with less IQ and you know, more and no playmaking and, and more athleticism to room protection to block shots. All right. Draymond was asked how he played in game three. What do you think his comment was? I already saw it. <laughs> Thank, thankful that he has self-awareness, but there's just, there's too much self-awareness in this playoffs <laughs> than my, for my liking, like games one and three. And then, you know, uh, when Ben went to the Western conference finals and then he yeah. left the game and told them he was terrible. Like, good yeah. job. You have self-awareness. Let's, yeah. let's, let's not, let's hopefully not after every game have self-awareness. Let's, <laughs> let's go out and have self-awareness here. to play a little bit better. Yeah. Then, now, you know, it, it's gotta be hard for him, right? Because like we've been saying, they have so much length and it's not like he's got, uh, 2015 Andre next to him. He doesn't have David West next to him. Uh, who would have? Who would have even been? I'm trying to think of who was on the. Uh, I mean, KD obviously, right? KD defensively, Bogut is really good. Bogut. So this is really what 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 can Draymond do with uh Kevon Looney? Who Kevon Looney is going to fight? 
but Kevon Looney's not this fantastic athlete as well. Him and Draymond actually that they they probably do a lot of similar things when it comes to uh, you know getting rebounds and 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 fighting for for stuff. So I, I feel I, it's got to be overwhelming for him because when the Warriors went small, now they finally played the fast five lineup with Jordan Poole and Wiggins and Draymond and Clay and Steph. And they went immediately on an 8-0 run. I think the Celtics scored, and then Kirk quickly subbed GP for Poole. I, I don't know why. I don't know what the reason was. Maybe he saw something that, that Poole just screwed up on. Because, I mean, Poole has no chance defensively. These guys just single him out, and they take him. And it's like one move, and they're in the paint, and he cannot fight through it. Do you notice every time a screen comes from a big, he does everything possible to not get touched which often means he's doing a large circle around and, and it's like there's no fight at all and I, I mean maybe he doesn't like the contact or whatever it is but i would love to see him fight through one of these screens because uh, it's got to be frustrating for his teammates to constantly have to cover for him when when he's not really you know going He's not really fighting for himself to 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 stay there. It's just, I would imagine it's frustrating. What was um a little bit off topic, but you know when you have that fast five in, I feel like you got to go zone. What was the defense? Did they run zone in games one or two? And I just can't remember. Did they run zone in game three? So, and I just can't so remember. they ran one one zone in game two. Immediately gave up a three, and Kerr went right back to the man to man. Or to the switching and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I just think when pool or st- like the uh, the obvious like intention for the Celtics offense tonight was to go at Steph and to go in the paint, and I th- I think it worked for most of the time because they got Steph in early foul trouble, and now when Steph has four or five fouls in the fourth quarter, he's trying not to touch people, which is you know almost like hurts them on defense. Um, so I just feel like they've got to. I don't know, implement some kind of zone where you can't switch to get someone on. You got to go to that zone to attack them. And if Steph's on a corner, I mean, they sure have Grant Williams go at him. I think we'll be just fine. You know, this game, and the reason why I keep going back to that, taking Steph out, this game had all the makings of being able to, to pull this out. Marcus Smart took the second most shots on this team. <laughs> he was 8 of 17 shooting. He took more shots than Jalen. I thought Jalen was like the best player on the court. I thought he was yep. so great. And you mean Brown? Yes, yes, yes. Jalen Brown. Oh, wait, no, sorry. The other guy's name is Jason. <laughs> yeah, Jason Tatum. Um, J- Jason Tatum, he played solid, but he did, he wasn't a shot maker like Jalen Brown was. Jalen Brown, uh, 4 of 8 from 3, 5 of 6, and he was just going hard. He was everything was hard. Even even when he was, you know, chatting with Draymond and, and they were kind of going back and forth. Like there's this one part of the game where Draymond just has a great block and Jalen's on his butt, like ask talking to the ref, and Draymond's just talking trash, going like, dude, you just got blocked. Like, shut up. I know. Yeah. And and it was almost like at that moment, Jalen Brown was like, Yeah, you're right. And he just like turned up the intensity from from there. I was like, ugh, that I, I wish the like this is it's one of those things. He he's like the guy, he's like the guy that I wish was on my team in this mm-hmm. in, you know, J- Jason Tatum, if he continues to develop, he he may be one of the best scorers in uh in, in the current and future NBA. 
Mm-hmm. But Jalen Brown is a dog. Like Jalen Brown, for I, I know, you know, I listen, you know, we both listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, and it seemed like throughout the season, the feedback on Jalen Brown was sort of up and down. Like in some instances, he was fantastic and great, and others, he wasn't. But I'm watching this finals going like, he's the guy as much as Tatum has, has all the talent, uh, all the shot making the ability just the length, like whenever poor Steph has to guard Tatum, it's just so it's like he takes one step and Steph has got to take two steps to, to reach where he is. It's so frustrating, (laughs) but still, I think Jalen Brown has got that like eye of the tiger and it's, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It's fun to watch. And I mean, it's not fun to watch on our end necessarily because he's playing so well, but like that would be the guy that I think I would gravitate to if I was Celtics fan. Totally. And maybe he has a little bit of that Andrew Wiggins in him where it's like first half of the season, Andrew Wiggins, all-star starter. It's like, Oh my God, we changed this guy. And then he fast forward two games like, Oh wait, he actually is still Minnesota Timberwolves, Andrew Wiggins. (laughs) Um, But I I think Jason Tatum, Oh, sorry. Jalen Brown has been the best player for the Celtics this series. And I mean, I don't watch every Celtics game, but I knew the narratives throughout the season, whether yeah. it's like they kind of have this one A, one B kind of superstar thing when really, you know, they it should be Jason Tatum's for sure the one guy and Jalen Brown's for sure the two guy. But that was kind of like the heads budding through in the beginning of the season on who should take the shot and stuff. And like then it clearly became Jason Tatum was the guy. I don't know, fourth place and MVP voting, fifth place, uh, first team all NBA for Jason Tatum, clearly had the better season. But now Jalen Brown's been having the better where it means the most, where it's the most important. Yeah. He's been the better player. Yep. A hundred percent. By the way, Clay, when asked about the current situation, he says he's getting 2015 vibes. The Warriors, <laughs> the Warriors were down, right? Yeah. Two, one. They went, they win game one in, in, in uh, Oakland. And then I think the Cavs win game two. And then the Cavs win game three, and then the Warriors win the next three games to uh, uh, to take the series. So this is where this is Clay's callback is to the 2015 Cavs. You know the the difference is is that the 2015 Cavs because Kevin Love I think w- was hurt and then Kyrie was hurt. Uh-huh. It was like LeBron by himself, uh-huh. and uh, it was LeBron. And who's the little guard that Della Vadova? Della Vadova, where he's just like fouling Steph all over the place, and then. And then uh, at the end of game six, he like has, they need to put an IV in him because he's so dehydrated from guarding <laughs> Steph the rest of the series. Um, yeah, that, I would say that's the difference. Is like it's just not a one man show, man. These guys, this these is guys a team. are a We're really a team. good team. Yeah, they're a really good team. Okay, last point for me, which is uh, somebody needs to score. Um, so if we look at the numbers uh, for the Warriors. Steph was I thought I thought Steph was amazing offensively. Uh and and if he didn't get that the ticky tack foul, the first foul, which kind of put him in the de- defensive, but he had two stupid fouls too. Like just really dumb fouls. Where, two really dumb fouls that I didn't even think were fouls, but they're really dumb ones. And it's like, like why even I don't test, blame the why refs even for test calling it. Yeah, yeah, why, why try why even why even bother? Like it was like the 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 uh the chance that he was going to do something in that moment was like one percent exactly marcus smart kind of like i don't know if marcus smart knew he was coming to try to block the three but i think he 
So it couldn't have been intentional that he knew he was coming and tucked his arm in to make sure Steph was his hand was oh, touching they, him. But they, I think I think that's a that's a strategy by them. Grant Williams is the same thing as Draymond. Draymond's trying to fight through. Uh, no, Draymond's is Draymond setting the screen or he's trying to fight through a screen and Grant Williams clamped down on his arm. So Draymond's oh, I know that's trying to strategy. pull his arm free. Yeah, I mean that I think that's but just no. I'm talking about I'm talking about the one where Marcus Smart is shooting a three. And you can't see Steph coming from behind you, and Steph kind of puts his arm in there. I don't think he touched Marcus initially, but when Marcus tucked his shoulder a little bit, touched him. And then the other one was where Derek White somehow became like the Marcus Smart menace antics guy <laughs> this game and flopped a couple times, and, and one of them worked out. But yeah, yeah, fouls that I would probably call because it, you know. But you know, you know what's um what's crazy to me is. I, I can't even say anything about our home announcers because our home announcers are so homers. Like they're so homers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Fitz and, and uh, Kalena. But you watch these national announcers and, and what do they say? Oh, Jordan Poole. He's got the moves. He, he can light up. And I'm watching this going like, you guys say the same thing every single time, whether he plays good or whether he plays bad. How about let's like watch the game watch him get beat one-on-one every single time and let's talk a little bit of strategy here but they do the same thing mm-hmm. with uh Derek White and Grant Williams now i guess if you're Grant Williams if you're a Grant Williams fan you say well okay he played he was a positive on the court today but they were blowing up Derek Williams oh best Steph defender Steph had 31 on 22 shots Derek White 3 of 9 shooting 0 of 3 from 3 Seven points out of all the Celtics top seven players or top eight players. He's the only one in the minus a minus 12. And it's like Mark Jackson. I get it. Like you're, you're, you're speaking as a former player and a coach and you like the dog and Derek white, but we can't be so general if we're going to call the game because we're watching the game. <laughs> we're watching Steph just kill these guys and oh. Derek White, he's the perfect person to guard Steph. It's just like, oh my God. But yeah, so, you know, but Derek White did play really well in that first game and he hasn't played well in games two and three. And they they got out of this. That, that's the other reason why I, I thought, you know, this was the game to take because Marcus Smart is, is, is shooting a lot more and he's kind of trying to get his. Derek White was uh, uh, nothing. over for three from three. Uh, you know, Peyton Pritchard was talking trash to to Clay after Clay. one shot. He, he was one of two shooting, and he was talking up, uh, talking up Clay. So I thought it was it was a game that they could have taken. And, and I wonder if you know when we look back at this series, if Kerr's going to be like, you know, that, that we could have made an adjustment here, and that game could have been one for the taking. But who who steps up to help them offensively? Is it? Uh, because you know, uh, Clay had 25, Steph had 31, Draymond had two, Looney had six, Gary Payton had two, and they were both free throws. Otto, six, Jordan Poole, 10, Iguodala, zero, but Bielitsa, zero, Moody, zero, Kaminga, zero, Damian Lee, zero, Toscano Anderson, zero. Like, who could possibly step up to to help out Steph and Clay? Because they 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 can't be the only scorers on the yeah. team. So what I thought is that Wiggins was like 0 for 5 from 3 until he finally hit one. And I think he like started psyching himself out of shooting the 3. And that's why he was being so aggressive in the paint. I think he missed his first one or two. Then he starts being aggressive getting to the line. And every time he got it, he would second guess it. So he'd just drive again. And I mean, 
he had pretty good looks. If he could knock some of those down, that's another big help. But I don't know if you noticed it, but 0 for 5, and he was not willing to shoot it until the last one in the corner where he finally hit it, where he was just so wide open. That thing didn't want to go in, and it did go in, but mm-hmm. it did not want to go in. He didn't trust in. that shot to, today at all. Um, but, I mean, I think there was a... I think Kevon Looney for Game 1 was the Warriors' third highest score with, like, 12 points. Mm-hmm. Like, Steph has been putting this team on his back up until today when Clay finally, you know had a clay game ish. Um, but let's see, Steph 34 in game one, Wiggins 20. So that's the second leading score. Wait, no, I have Wiggins 18 clay 25, Steph 31. No, no, no. I'm talking about game one. Oh, game one, game one. Maybe I had the loony stats wrong. Maybe it was, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting something now, but yeah, the Steph has been, you know, having, having such a great series here. It is game two where they won. Steph with 29, Poole with 17. Poole was the second highest leading scorer for the Warriors. Looney with 12. Mm. <laughs> that was the third highest leading scorer. So it's just, yeah, Steph is just going off. It just seems like, you know, they're playing drop. So it's not really like you can drive a little bit and kick it to someone because they are playing drop and, you know, they're not trying to blitz him. So he, even if he gets through, he can get an open corner shooter. But um, I, I still think that some of these guys really need to step up. And I can't, I don't know if Clay has another. Uh, duplicate performance of tonight in game four. I feel like we haven't seen a back-to-back play yeah. uh, so far. So I don't know if yeah, I can bet on it. Another reason why they should have taken this game is because yep. they played so well. So I think it's got to it's got to be Wiggs. It's ideally got to be Jordan Poole. And I mean, I hope they do give Moses Moody a look because he has shown that he could knock down open threes. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. So we'll see. Uh, okay, so obviously game four... They don't want to go down three one. It's not a must win because you because you have the next game at home. At home, uh, so it's it's not technically a must win, but you want those guys to uh, to see it as you know this the, the this must win game. You, you hope to see it, but I think the 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 thing that sort of is hanging out there for us is Steph. Uh, Clay said, you know, he really hopes that that Steph is okay because Steph is their identity. Uh, yeah, us too, man. Us too. <laughs> we really hope that he's going to be okay too, uh, because without Steph, I mean, this is this is done. Perhaps. This is done in the next. I can see the Warriors getting Steph. like one game, like the 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 jawless Grizzlies got on the Warriors because the Warriors didn't take him as seriously. Um, Jordan Poole gets to start at point guard. If Steph goes down, you have Moody and Kaminga probably getting big minutes. They can maybe get one out, but then the, the narratives are like, they didn't need stuff, and then boom, they lose the next two. That's what will happen. <laughs> so really hope Steph's good. Uh, yeah. Um, that is, that, that, that's the whole question mark. And, and the fact that there's no information right now is actually a pretty bad thing. Uh, okay, so Steph said, uh, I'm going to be all right. Uh, when it comes to his it's a classic stuff thing, it's a classic stuff thing to say. Yeah. So that, that's what we know so far. I'm sure we'll know more tomorrow. Um, the guy's like notorious for like hiding his injuries. Yeah. So he says, I'll be all right. Got caught underneath. Al says he's in pain. Same foot sprain that he suffered against Boston earlier this season, but not as bad said. He doesn't believe he will miss game four. Okay. Well, I don't like that. It's the same <laughs> foot. <laughs> Suffered against Boston again. Ugh. I hate those loose balls. Yep. I hate those plays. Because it's not like dirty. 
but it's like everyone's hustling. There's like fragile body parts that are just out there to get sat on. Yeah. Like every time Steph's gotten hurt, it's because someone landed on him. I think I forgot who that big center was on the Suns when he broke his wrist in mm-hmm. 2019. Yep. I forgot, I forgot his name, but he, he the guy tried the seven footer, 300 pounds, tried to take a charge while Steph was midair lands <laughs> and the guy lands on his wrist and then he gets hurt on Marcus Smart because they're diving for a loose ball. You know, it's just like defenseless. He's gotten hurt where he's just been like defenseless, which sucks. Marcus Smart dove for one. It was in game one or game two. And it was one of those where it's like, he has no chance of getting this loose ball. And there was somebody close by. And I was like, dude, <laughs> like yeah. you have no chance to get this ball. You're going to hurt the player before you get the loose ball. I mean, we saw it when he cut his own, his own teammate down too. Uh, yeah. so. <laughs> he almost hurt Robert Williams again. Yeah. So, uh, so sometimes there's, there's hustle and sometimes there's fake hustle, but there's like a line, and, right? The fake hustle. I feel like the people don't see the fake hustle as much. I'm sure Mark Jackson is like great hustle. Marcus smart. Like, I, I feel like the, the fake hustle, it like, it doesn't look like, ah, it kind of looks like hustle, but I just feel like people, you know, I don't know, totally know where I'm going with this, but I see what you mean. And I just don't know how to put into words. Yeah. It's just, I, I like, I, I think Marcus smart, the way he's wired is that he's going to go after everything. And sometimes it, he's going to get it. And his team is going to be so fired up for getting it. And and a lot of the times he's not. And it's just, it's sort of more of a dangerous play than it is a smart play. And I don't, I, I don't think the NBA sees that play yet as, uh, as too dangerous a play. But if there's another Steph, Curry situation that they could change the rule. Cause I mean, look at, you know, the Zaza Kawhi Leonard thing, right now, Steph got, got one today where they got a seven point play out of that whole seven thing. point possessions. It's gotta be the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, Horford didn't give Steph a place to land just like Zaza didn't give a place for Kawhi to land. So sometimes it takes those injuries and you know, then, then the NBA can kind of look at stuff like that. All right, so uh, before we get out of here, you had a very important podcast that you guys did on The BAM. Do you want to talk about it real quick? Yeah, we got to talk to Rafael Barlow. He's the host of the NBA Big Board podcast. He's the director of scouting. The Big Board podcast is on that Locked On network. Um, you know, he he does he does a really good job at, at uh, scouting the prospects. It's kind of like his first class where he kind of has like the intel and gets to like take over for Chad Ford. And he's really high on Paolo Bancaro. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, he just talked about all the big names for us. We just tried to make it, you know, as we didn't try to go too deep into the draft because we wanted it to keep it like a little mainstream with like some of the top guys. So it's really interesting. You guys should check it out. Um, and yeah, it was awesome that he jumped on the podcast. Did, did he have any any eyes on on someone who would fit the Warriors who may be available really late? I actually didn't round? ask. I actually didn't ask for the for a Warriors pick. I told him who I liked, and I think he likes him too, which is Dale and Terry from University of Arizona. But uh, yeah, we didn't really go too deep like that. Are there any Jalen Browns that are going to be available late in the first round for the Warriors? Probably not in this draft. <laughs> this draft isn't the best, but yeah, Jalen Brown, the Warriors would have to lose Steph, Clay, and Dre next year <laughs> to get a Jalen Brown in the draft. <laughs> All right, so uh, Friday is the next game. Uh, what are you? What are you gonna do for for the next couple games? Because there's a game Friday, and then there's a game Monday. Is game five on Monday? Game oh, yeah, five. Game is on five Monday. is on Monday. That's that. That's home game. 
Yeah. Um, for game two, we watched it. Uh, my buddy Obi came into town. We had some people over. I live like very close to the Chase Center, 30 minutes walking distance. Um, and so we just walked around the city before the game, hit up some of the local spots that everyone hits when they go to a Giants game. And then uh, we went back to my place and watched the game. And then we walked to Chase right after and saw like Greg Papa leaving and <laughs> saw the little Bonte post game through the, the glass screen. And um, we saw the Celtics post game too with Brian Scalabrini and geez, they got no love, no people behind <laughs> them, but I get it. But yeah, no love for them. It was really cool. A really cool atmosphere. And especially when we were 30 minutes after the game, still how many people was there and a lot of people the- walking around town. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, you know, I think it was cool seeing all like the ESPN stuff, the ABC stuff all set up. All right. Well, we'll figure out, we'll see as far as when we are going to do our next show. Um, we will, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out and, and see when we can record, but, uh, game three. Yeah. I mean, it's almost better maybe that we don't record because the one week, the one game we didn't record on Sunday, they won <laughs> where we might be the bad luck. Uh, but, uh, yeah, game three Warriors lose Celtics are up two to one and, uh, yeah, the Warriors are going to have to figure out what to do about, uh, all that length because you know, the, the stats, you want to look at the stats, the Warriors actually, uh, Shot better from three. They made more threes. Celtics shot a little bit better from two. Uh, and it's just really sure the Celtics really. shook. I'm sure the Celtics took more shots because they had more opportunities. They had 89 uh, shots. Warriors had 78. They also had that's 11 more shots. The free throw despair. The, like there was definitely a free throw disparity. Warriors are 13 to 15. Celtics are 17, 17 to 24. So it's not like they went to the my main the problem is with the Steph ones because I feel like he went in and drove a lot today. I don't know his box, but I know he had a lot of threes. But how many twos did he have? And I know some of those were mid range, but Steph was six of uh six of 11 from two. Oh, he had seven free throws. No, he only had one. Oh, I'm looking at game one. Sorry. Yeah, he, he only had <laughs> one free two. throw. He took one That's free ridiculous. throw. And it was the it was the flagrant four point play. Yeah. That's crazy. So all right. We'll be we'll be back uh at some point before this season is over. Hopefully a couple more games this series. What's your for prediction? Our recap. Uh I, I think they have to win game two if Steph is healthy. If he's not healthy, if he's hobbling. If he's trying to to play through it, I think he uh, I think they're going to eat him up because they're, they're just too aggressive and and it's yeah. not it, it, he's kind of you know now if he's not a hundred percent you need another ball handler so Jordan Poole probably plays a lot and if Jordan Poole plays like he did tonight they they could get boat raced but maybe Jordan Poole plays well maybe he takes on the challenge and is like man you know maybe they're showing him tape going like dude like. This is what happens when when you play well, and this is what happens when you don't. Like, look at the difference. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he's a young guy, and I look forward to watching him grow. But I think he's also probably leaving some money on the table with these last two playoff series because after the uh, after the Denver series, I think he was he's going to make a lot of money. And then as the mm-hmm. series have gone, he's he looks like he's lesser and less of a of a t- tippy top uh, guard. So. All right, well, uh, so for Brian, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.